Welcome to the Bare Naked Health Podcast, where I interview health and wellness practitioners across the globe to see what sets them apart. You will find out why they not only teach and talk about health, but how they walk the walk as well. If you ever wanted to see what others are doing on a daily basis to get healthy and be able to implement in your life, then you're in the right place. Also, I'd like to invite you to go over to BarenakedHealthPodcast.com and take your free brain health quiz today to see where the health of your brain lies. And for taking the quiz, you will get a copy of my book for free, The Four Morning Secrets to Perfect Brain Health, shipped to your door. Hey guys, I'm your host, Nick Horowski, and welcome to the Bare Naked Health Podcast, episode number 44. In today's episode, I interview the world's healthiest baker, Deborah Meyer. Be sure to stick around for the end to hear an amazing hot chocolate recipe, how to calm inflammation with your food, as well as why Deborah feels you should not eat solids when sick. Alrighty guys, on the line today, I have another episode of the Bare Naked Health Podcast and with me is Deborah Meyer. Now, Deborah and I were just talking a little bit before we got on and instead of starting with the uh, same question right off the bat, I'm going to give uh, the reins over to Deborah, and she's going she's gonna to kind of do a little bit of an intro for us here. All right. Hey guys. So we were just, uh, Nick and I were chatting a little bit before we got started today and I was just asking him... Um, you know, we do have, we all kind of live in our own zones, uh, in our own heads every day, today life. And I call this place like our own universe because it's your ideas, your opinions, your creative energy, your stress, it's all in there. And, you know, no one is going to have the same um, perception as you. Even two people watch the same movie, you know, they're both going to have a different opinion on the movie or whatever is the case there. So that's what I mean by your universe. So I just wanted to say uh, Nick is bringing his universe to me. And I'm bringing my universe to him through the amazing uh, universe of the internet. So I thought, let's just have uh, set an intention for this show for us together today. Um, so to be honest with you, I didn't really prepare anything because I like for it to be on the fly, you know, energy in the moment. So just the way that I feel about Nick's perspective is I feel like he's offering me his platform is a platform of communication, of a place where people can go to get energy. And I'm coming from a place of for me, food is like a building blocks, you know, the building blocks of a person, the building blocks of energy. So here I feel like we have an opportunity to use building blocks to communicate wellness to people and for us to benefit from that, for us to be part of our truth, our journeys, and then for you as the listening audience to join us there. And maybe this information today will help you think about something in a new way or change your mind and and that energy there is, uh, is you know, our universe bouncing off your universe. So I just wanted to say um, much love to everyone listening. I hope you guys get everything that you're looking for from this program. And lots of gratitude to Nick for offering me this platform of communication energy um, from which to speak my message. So I'm ready to roll. Let's go from there. Deborah, thank you. I, I, I feel energized. Like I, I was getting chills as, we, as I was listening to that. So thank you again for that. I, I appreciate that. Uh, and I'm sure everybody's going to kind of get that, get that feeling, get that vibe. Uh, so a great way to start off the show. And now the first thing that I always ask people is, Hey, Deborah, tell us about your health journey in 10 sentences or less, please. Yeah, for sure. 
So it's been a crazy ride, which is kind of like one of the the great ride to be on because you learn a lot, but at the same time, it's crazy. <laughs> so well, let's hear about it. I come from I come from a really uh, interesting childhood, uh, childhood diabetes, a whole bunch of like insane symptoms that we're just not able to tie down to anything like tremors, uh, fainting, attention problems, but also at the same time, um, I was flagged as a high performer. So I have I have these weird symptoms of low performance, but at the same time, I'm executing at a high performance level. Um, and also stuff like uh, attention in school, like for example, um, no problem for me to answer essay questions, my favorite type of question, please allow me to tell you something about this. I'm sure you'll learn that. About no, me let's dig into it. Let's go. Let's go. You know? But if you give me a multiple choice test, I can cannot handle that. Not how not how I focus, not how I process. So basically, like I, I had the mishmash of usual diagnosis. I was diagnosed with uh, type two diabetes as a as a child. I did have you know really crazy hormone problems uh, through my teenage years, coming into adolescence, um, and then there I was uh, controlled on medication. Um, and basically, a lot of my symptoms, you know, just like a lot of people, it's like 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 listen, this is life. Headaches are life, folks. Like not every day is going to be your best day. Was kind of like the attitude that I experienced, which is cool. I get that. And, um, but I became like, as I, as I became older, I I realized more that it was my responsibility, uh, to take my wellness into my own hands, to take my everyday energy into my own hands. And if I wasn't able to do the things that I wanted to do because I wasn't feeling my best, like, where do you draw the line? Is that, is that how you paint your life or are you going to step in there and are you going to make some changes? So through my twenties, I, I realized, especially through my love of sports, I wanted to perform better. I was aging. Uh, and I realized unless I took steps to interfere with my natural decaying process that I was no longer going to be able to pursue those activities that were really my lifeline or really my passion. Um, so it just became lifestyle management became hand in hand with me pursuing the life that I wanted to live for as long as I possibly wanted to do so. Um, and it's been amazing. I so 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 far, like no diabetes for me. Um, great, great, uh, health benefits health wise, you know, my internal system is greatly regulated. I have great concentration. I have great sleep patterns. My stress patterns are corrected. Um, you know, did that happen overnight? No. Anyone will tell you, <laughs> anyone who uses a lifestyle approach will tell you like that's years, that's years of day-to-day management. Um, but would I, would I go back to diabetes? Are you joking me? You know, uh, you know, people say, is it hard? And I go, well, you know what? It's hard when you get up with nausea every day from IVF. You know, it's hard when I literally can't go out because I literally cannot get up. Uh, That was hard. Um, You know, passing out, like losing consciousness because I didn't know what I was doing with my health. I wasn't regulating my my blood sugars appropriately. That was really crappy. You know, getting up and having some hot water with lemon in the morning, doable. (laughs) In my book, doable. No, wait, hold on, hold on. Expand about this. Like, all right. Why, why am I starting with some hot water with lemon in it first thing in the morning? Okay, so for me personally, like I, my health situation got to a point where I had compound problems. Anyone who deals with lifestyle management will tell you um, like a, an initial problem, like a very initial problem is going to be something like weight gain, phlegm, you know, something like that is, is even like that's not acute. We are still talking chronic there, but it's at the beginning of the situation. Longer term uh, problems are going to be stuff like IBS are going to be stuff like autoimmune. So unfortunately, before I was able to come to some information that was helpful to me, 
I did go to that to that extreme. So for me, like hot, what does hot water in the morning with lemon represent? So it's actually so for one, let's start. That's actually winter specific for me. Um, I do different stuff in the summertime. I am definitely down with the cold pressed, unprocessed, uh, organic juice craze. And that is definitely what I would start uh, myself off in the morning in the summertime. But I do live in Toronto, Canada, and we are having a mild winter. But so it is so how long is winter versus how long is summer? I guess it might be a little different then. Huh? It depends on where you live, man. Okay. It depends <laughs> on where you live. Warm client, climate, you might have summer all year long. You know, summer, I'm putting that in air brackets right, uh, right. there. But, you know, like the warmer weather. For me, once, once it goes below like a regular 10 degrees outside, I'm switching from cold to hot drinks. Uh, just to help manage and that's my Celsius skin. for everybody, just so. Oh uh, yeah, sorry about that. No, 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 not a problem. I just want to clear it up because people are gonna be like, "Wait, ten degrees is cold." Like, <laughs> uh, all right, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, right, I forgot. I forgot. You come from a different place. Yeah, we are <laughs> different than the rest of the world. <laughs> um. So it's so just just to help manage my yin yang energy. Um, because if I have, if I have too much, too much cold and I'm compounding that cold in the body, you know, that's not really what I'm looking for. Um, in addition to that, so in addition to that, what am I doing with that, with that lemon water? Like, first off, I'm talking about like a whole lemon in a glass of water. It's pretty strong there. Um, so what am I doing with it? For one, one of my personal health weaknesses is liver stagnation. So my liver is a little bit sluggish. It doesn't like to perform too much. You know, and I, I also have a, a history of um, lots of my family members are, are missing gallbladders, which is a support system for the liver there. So I'm trying. So basically, I'm, I'm hawking on preventative measures here. Um, so what am I doing? I'm treating my weaknesses. So that being one of my weaknesses, hot lemon water will help your body to produce bile, um, which is a, is a backup way of cleansing. In addition, because I'm going like right off the bat first thing in the morning, I'm dropping the pH in my stomach as well. And if you look into that a little bit further, you'll find alkaline healing um, creates ease in the body, creates digestion. Uh, acidic is going to be more dis-ease creating, uh, creating more disease, creating uh, wreaking a little bit more havoc there. So that's just like a fun little maintenance way. First thing, especially first thing in the morning, you have all that that sedative from, from your evening of detox, from your organs working overnight, processing things. So I like to give my body that opportunity first thing in the morning, probably going to do a little plain water just to help get some of the craziness out of there and then follow it up with the hot lemon water as a detox strategy there. Keep me in my wellness, keep me with my game face on there for, for my personal weaknesses. Now yeah. somebody else. Yeah, go ahead. Go oh, ahead. I was going to ask like, are any other recommendations and it doesn't have to be exactly the same thing for like liver, but any other just warm preparations in the morning that uh, yeah. may help with other something else like that. Cause not everybody has like, okay, they can't always get like fresh organic lemons, especially like all year round then too. And that's why I want to check. Yeah. So other, other stuff that I am like, I really love to do is that uh, ginger is great for digestion. It's also great little anti-inflammatory buzz there. So to have that in the morning can be really awesome. Now, like, are you talking a, a ginger tea? Are you talking just like great and some, like how, yeah, how would you so, do that? So me, actually, like everything for me kind of comes from the kitchen, actually. Yeah. Like medics, uh, tea, everything. So for me, that would just be like, like if I, listen, if I'm 10 on 10 game face on, that means grading it. If I am in a bad mood and I don't have a lot of time, that means cutting it up into a couple of pieces with a knife that I found on the counter and throwing it in some water. <laughs> you know? So like evaluate what, you know, do what you can. Yeah. I, you know, do what you can is a big philosophy. A couple, so let me just rhyme off a couple other ones. Um, uh, 
Mint is great, great anti-inflammatory, great cleansing as well, great detoxifying. Um, chamomile I love as well because you got that calming agent, which is great for everything. It's just a cleanse, as a rinse. Um, you can't you can't go wrong with those types of things. Uh, something else that I I find that people overlook a lot of the time is your spice cabinet can also be a tea cabinet. There's nothing wrong with, you know, some rosemary, some fennel in there. There's actually no difference. Do you know what I mean? Like there's no difference between you going to the store and buying a herbal blend and you just throwing it in yourself there. And if you and if you look online as well, lots of resources, you can find you can find whatever you're feeling today. You can literally make a custom tea in 30 seconds for that. Like you got some respiratory stuff. You want to throw in some rosemary there. You know, fennel is another one to back up liver but also let's say you're going more with nausea that's going to be a mint type of situation you know like honestly just touch base with the internet information is unbelievable there's a fair you know, amount of it out there i'm told yeah. exactly <laughs> and you can even and it's not even like you know you don't even need to work with what you don't have just google what is the purpose of something that you do have yeah and if it's relevant to you throw it in the cup throw the water in there you know sip away you're not gonna you're not gonna go wrong you know, even oregano, we all know the benefits of oregano. You're just feeling a little under the weather. Done. Now, okay, so let's go off this, like, first thing in the morning. Like, do you have any other morning habits, morning rituals, whether they be uh, for, like, mindfulness practices, movement practices, just what your breakfast looks like? Like, let's dive into some of those, please. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So for me, first thing in the morning, body-wise, is a huge opportunity, like, Honestly, with lifestyle for me, it's got to be bang for my buck. Like I can't be spending five hours trying to pull off, you know, having green algae at a particular temperature 30 seconds after I ingest a half a teaspoon of extra virgin cold pressed coconut oil. Like, listen, do I do my best? Yes. And, and do I have all those things handy? Yes. But I'm also like the least amount of energy for the most amount of bang is what is going to get you to where you're going in your lifestyle. Because and most people aren't going to take more time than that. They want that just exactly, that quick, exactly. that let's it's go. Got to make it happen, right? Yeah. Make it happen. And for me, the first thing in the morning, that first half an hour in the morning is actually your opportunity to do that. Not only are you cleaning out from the night before, which is your garbage from whatever happened yesterday, you, you are setting yourself up for the day. So for me, like that initial 30 minutes, like, you're definitely having some water. Please have some water. Um, it would be great if you could have a bowel movement, but you know, like, is that really your choice? I don't know. Think about it yourself. If you can negotiate that, wicked. If that's not something you can negotiate, like, no worries. But for me, that is a sign of like yesterday went well. If you're if you're having a bowel movement in the morning, great. It's a sign that digestion yesterday was on point. So. I like that. No, that's a great way. Like, you can look at that and be like. It's going to be a great day. Yeah. Like yesterday was a great day. Let's keep it going. I like that a lot. I never thought about it from that standpoint before. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you for sharing that one. You know, it gives you the feedback. And then it's also like for me, the, especially straight away in the morning, is a little bit of diagnostics. Like, do I want to hold, like, do I hold the first 30 minutes for figuring out what I need to do for myself? I do. But is it always the same thing every day? Like a lot of it is, but some of it is not. Like, are you feeling, how do you feel this morning? Honestly, like, do you feel really shitty from a party that you went to yesterday? Okay, so then what, what am I going to do? I'm going to increase liquids. I'm going to have maybe a little bit more water, a little bit more tea than I would to help my body flush. And then I'm going to pick my, I'm going to pick my breakfast a little bit differently. I'm going to have a little bit more fiber in there. And depending on what's happening, like, let's say most likely if you party hard last night, you probably low energy in the morning as well. So I would do the things that I said, but I would also have a little bit more carb in your breakfast 
because you kind of need to pick your butt up a little bit more, right? And that helps you just take that time. Just take that time. I think one of the most powerful things you can do is reflect on your current situation and then make decisions about that situation. Food, you eating, is an opportunity three to five times a day to put you back on your A game. It's an opportunity for you to heal a cold that you're having. It's an opportunity for you to set yourself up concentration-wise for a presentation that you're making later. Well, here, let's, it, let's touch on at least one of those. Like, okay, it's the time we're recording this, this is January. So it's like yeah, yeah. peak of cold and flu season. Let's, let's talk about some things for, like, especially food-wise. We're, we're kind of on this food bandwagon. I want to keep riding it here. Uh, how, can, how, can I heal my, how, how can I heal my cold? What do I do about it? Yeah, absolutely. So this is actually going to be a little bit crazy because... Let's do it. <laughs> You're like, we're up for it, man. It's cold and flu season. So one of the things, I mean, uh, actually, Nick knows that recently, actually, I was down and out with a, with a pretty good upper respiratory uh, tract situation there. So one of the one of the first things that I do actually when I when I know that I'm down and out when I know I have a bacterial infection or when I know I have a virus and I am quote unquote sick yeah first thing I do is stop eating okay so what it All actually right, hold on that, wait a second here, yeah here. Why, am I, why am I stopping back. eating here so so let's just let's just see what that is all about so first first off it doesn't mean I stop ingesting things I'm just gonna ingest a particular type of stuff okay. so what does that mean for me. To be honest with you, for 28 to 48 hours, that means to me no solid products. So why? That seems a little bit crazy. But what? What? So what am I? What am I doing with this remove solid product situation here? So what am I doing? Is digestion is a major function of the body. It's a serious like people don't think about it like that because you're just like, hey, buddy, I just had a granola bar in my car. I'm moving along. I don't have to think about digestion. It's not a choice. You know, we're definitely dealing with the autonomic nervous system here. Um, but what so but what it is, it's a huge energy hog for your body. It takes blood, it takes energy, it takes resources, it takes time, all of those things. And when your body is doing those things, it's not doing other things. What are the other things that it's not doing? It's not flushing liquids. Okay, because you got solids in there. It's a it's not like it's not a mutually exclusive thing, but when you're digesting, you're digesting, you're not running maintenance cycles on your organs. Those are, those are the two things that happen. One of the reasons why we encourage not for people not to eat late at night is to give that time of an empty stomach, of an empty digestive system, so that your body is running maintenance on the other organs. It's flushing the system out rather than concentrating on the breakdown of molecules and either the utilization or the storage. It's All those situations are taken away. Your body is like, what do I do with my spare time? Let's tidy up. Okay, so if I'm sick, I want to be in that tidy up situation. I want to be in that place where my body is flushing liquid. Also, when you're continually putting liquids through your stomach, they're going to go through faster. They're going to go through your bloodstream faster. You're going to pee them out faster. Anyone anyone who starts doing water you know, knows that you're going to pee a lot more. Why is that great? Because you're going to pee out stuff. What are you going to pee out? Bacteria, viruses, waste products, stuff your body doesn't need. Basically, stuff that clogs up, that clogs up your body. What do we want to, when we're sick, what do we want to do? continually fresh stuff coming in fresh molecules fresh vitamins for our body to use these are the tools of our wellness this is how our body gets well so what what are we doing here we're giving our body an opportunity to heal itself so now with those liquids like baseline what are those liquids water if i had nothing else i'd be having water and then some water and then some more water and then water but really, <laughs> like, but really what's happening what's happening there so 
so I'm getting the same thing as I said before. I'm pulling my medicines from the kitchen. So I'm looking at herbal teas. I'm looking at tinctures. I'm I'm looking at ways to back myself up there. So how? So just just like as using the example of the the respiratory tract infection that I had earlier this month, just because that's the example that I have. It would be different depending on something else. Uh, I used yeah. a, you know I used echinacea tea. I was having all the time, which is an immune system booster. Um, some things that I regularly don't have in my diet that I would have eliminated if I did have them regularly would be one of the things would be dairy just because of a mucus situation. So even if you are, uh, you know, pro dairy, you digest dairy well, the second you're having any type of infection or any type of illness, I would immediately uh, move to eliminate dairy just for the fact if you have less mucus, you will have, you have less clogging and and also, your body needs to form mucus around virus and bacteria as a way of getting rid of them. It doesn't need to be doing that around your food products. It needs to be saving those resources um, to get to get rid of those other things. And mucus is a huge calcium hog. So you want to make sure that you're replenishing that resource and that you're not taxing that resource by having it do other things when you need that. Um, another way to, to back that up, again, would actually be hot lemon water. Because as much as it does the other things that I described for the liver, it is also amazingly awesome in cutting phlegm. So that is a great way to help you uh, bring up some stuff, help you get rid of it physically from your body, which is a which is a great way to help support your body's uh, detoxification systems. So those things, another thing that I had all the time to keep me from being hungry was bone broth, um, which everyone knows, everyone loves. You know, yes. uh, we can talk about you know making that later and how to get parts from your butcher and stuff. We can touch on that. Uh, it's very straightforward though, and honestly, uh, the internet is a great resource for that. You know, boil the crap out of some bones. There you go. It's pretty straightforward. Pretty simple, yeah. yeah. And the fat there as well, especially when you're fasting for a long period of time, the fat can really help you keep going and having the fat mineral content there and also the cartilage um, that's dissolved into the bone broth is is really a quality sustenance when you're when you're not eating solid food there. Um, so those, and then in addition to that, like I did my other lifestyle stuff. So what did I do? I was inhaling eucalyptus. You know, I'm sure my neighbors thought I was dying at times. Uh, <laughs> if you've ever done that, it's a really strong cough. You know, my, um, I have a, I'm blessed enough to have like a ion diffuser that I can put essential oils into. So, you know, I was rigging that with tea tree and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, and, and that kind of situation. And then also, you know, giving yourself some time when you're sick, not necessarily like understanding that you are processing stuff. You know, maybe it's not the right time to pedal to the metal. You know, maybe those meetings that you had, you have to reschedule them, unfortunately. Uh, you know, like give yourself that time, give yourself that space to heal. You know, what are you expecting from yourself? Have you just worked, you know, for weeks over the holidays and you're a little run down? Like take a moment, take that evaluation time, which is so critical in handling the situation appropriately and, you know, address your symptoms for your, your own stress levels, your own wellness, give yourself that time and it gives you that space to move forward. Um, and then something that I would add to that, especially after fasting, uh, this is not too critical, but it's something that ha I have just learned from personal experience is if you, when you come back from the fast to come into food and especially the mechanical digestion of it to come into it slowly. So for example, I used to have, especially after I used to fast, like, Oh, I was hangry, man. Like I used to love to come back and eat like a pound of ground chicken and just like, Oh, I got to fill my stomach. You know? And, <laughs> And mentally, and mentally, it was amazing. And even physically, like the feeling of being full like that was like, oh, yeah, especially after being, you know, on liquids for so long. But I've actually learned that your body handles it. It's like breaking off into a sprint. If you break a break a fast, 
and you break it with first some pureed soups, some gentler items, some smoother items before going back into full mechanical digestion, you will find that your energy just absolutely skyrockets and you just, you come out of that flu like Superman. Like it's unbelievable. Um, and that's something just over time experience has taught me that one. Like it's not critical. Trust me, you'll love eating either way. Uh, but it's something that I've noticed that can really make a positive difference over the next couple of days, especially when you're, when you're getting back into life, you know, you have all those messages, you have all those calls in addition to all the other things you were dealing with. So usually when you come back, you want to make sure you're at a hundred percent. And I just find that's a, that's a great extra little way of like getting in there and making that happen. Nice. I like it. Thank you. Uh, no. And here, okay. So one of the things that you talked on there too, was like the no eating like later at night. So if you could expand like, uh, what's later at night and okay, if I'm still giving my digestive system, uh, uh, like trying to let it relax a little bit, like calm down. Can I still do stuff like the bone broth or are there any other, like even like juicing? Like, can I still do that if I want to have something like maybe I still need something to hold me through, uh, the night, like my blood sugar won't, uh, stay steady if I'm not getting something. Absolutely. Absolutely. So stuff that I would definitely put out there for that is if you find that you're hungry in the evenings for the next day, make sure to eat more at breakfast. I know that sounds crazy, but it's it, when you're when you're taxed into the evening, it's actually because what ends up happening during the day is you had those food resources, you were using those food resources, and then holy crap, you were now using your reserves at the end of the day, right? If you're eating more during the beginning of the day, you actually will not be pulling on your reserves. You'll be using the fresh stuff, and if that's good enough to keep you going, you won't be as reliable. You'll have a little bit more reserve for the end of the day. So I would say like, and also I'm a I'm a huge huge I don't like to use this term believer because it indicates that there's a choice in the matter but I am a huge supporter huge believer of unlimited calories um, if you're eating clean food there is no reason for you to be restricting yourself based on a caloric number if you had extra output that day please put something else in your mouth that is the healthiest thing that you, you could be doing for yourself um, so so kind of for sure let go of that idea in terms of daytime eating please eat, please eat whatever you want. You know, we later we'll talk about stipulations on food, what I think is quality food, whatever, but please eat quality food as much quality food as you want. Please eat all of those things during the day, knock yourself out. So what's late, you know, we talk about optimal bedtime in general. I'll just reference this loosely. We're talking about 10 PM and that's going to be based on cortisol and um, serotonin levels there. Uh, so loosely 10 PM. When would I love to see somebody stop eating six o'clock? When is okay? Seven o'clock. You know, are you going to die? Eight o'clock. It's totally fine. Something that, especially, um, just Again, like you it's say, finding what's best for you and exactly, your lifestyle. Exactly. But and the, you gotta, you, you gotta yeah. have that check in. You know, if you just finished a business meeting at seven o'clock, it is unlikely that you're going to be wound down sleeping at 10, you know, go ahead and have a snack. But one of my, so, but at the same time, one of my favorite, little evening things. If I get a little peckish in the evening after I'm wrapping up my day, whatever is case, um, for me, I love to make a, a hot chocolate. So what is, what does a hot chocolate mean to me? So yeah, share this I mean, recipe. I'm excited for this. Yeah. Yeah. So I have, I have two versions for you, regular people version. And then my, and then my version. All right. So, Let's dig so, in. What, so for regular people, for me, that means, you know, you can take I wouldn't say dairy before bed only because of the mucus levels and only because uh, you're going to be running maintenance cycles. So for me, this would lean towards more a dairy free situation. So when I do dairy free, where do I go? I go to coconut milk first because it's delicious. 
Um, and I like as well the other ones like my nut milks. Um, I like them fresh and I keep them cool because that's what uh, keeps them ready to go with the enzymes. Why am I going to soak some nuts, waste my life 12 hours later, nut milk bag to heat that stuff? It hurts me. So, <laughs> so I go, so I go with coconut milk. And then on top of that, to be honest with you, I go with coconut cream and I just mix it with water. Um, it allows me to pick the fat content that I'm feeling on that day. And it also keeps stabilizers out of my life. When you start messing around with light coconut milk and that kind of stuff, that's when you get the stabilizers in there because you have the separation between the thin fat layer and the water. And now, either way, now, yeah, I just yeah. want to let everybody know, like, can you explain what coconut cream is versus coconut milk? Just so like you said, you can pick your fat content. So everybody exactly. understands exactly. what that is then too. So for sure. So um, the easiest way for me to kind of explain it to you is if you've ever opened up a container of coconut milk and there's hard stuff on the top and there's liquid stuff on the bottom. And then other times, if you open up like a light coconut milk or something like that, um, you'll find that it's uniform, uniform, uh, consistency. Yeah. yeah consistency. Um, so, so that's, so that's more what I'm referring to. So a lot of people see that separation and they're like, Oh no, it's a solid. That's gross. How, how, what's going to happen there? You're going to heat it up anyway. I promise you it's going to melt. Um, and what, what happens? You put it in some water, you stir it around. That's it. Or like, maybe you're going to see some globules on the top. Don't be afraid of it. Just keep a spoon in the cup. Give it a little stir. Um, is it, why, why, you know, have this visual inconsistency, you know, that some people find bothersome, some people don't find bothersome, you know, what's the benefit of it? You don't have a stabilizer in there. So what does a stabilizer do? It takes molecules of different size, different densities, and it makes them uniform throughout a substance. Is that really what you need in your life? Like, can you really, as a, an adult, not be past you know, this type of situation. Think homogenized milk when they're just exactly. mixing it all together. You want that cream top. You should be able to it shake should, it off. It should yeah. be there, right? Just mix it in. I promise you it tastes the same and you don't have to deal with those stabilizers in terms of digestion. Um, so we'll dive into digestion later and what preservatives do there. But basically you're, you're tainting your food source. Um, so by, by keeping without it, you're, you're using a hundred percent digestible molecules. What does that mean? We're looking at pure energy, pure tools for your body. We're not looking at tools plus waste products. And especially for me, overnight detox, there's no reason for that waste products to be there, especially when literally the choice is you reading a label at a store. It's a very easy choice to make. Just read that label. Um, so, so going from there, I love to throw some turmeric in there. I love to throw some ginger in there. For me, one of just one of my personal health weaknesses is inflammation. So it's always something I'm trying to manage. Um, and also the ginger family treats me very well digestively. So turmeric and me are like best friends. Um, depending, it can be very expensive to buy it uh, seasonally. Um, I don't know what you guys, how it is for you guys. But for me in the low season, the price is going to be somewhere around $9.99 a pound. Um, in the high season, it can be as high as $21.99 a pound. Now, what so, if I can? Yeah. What, what if I can't always find? Because I know most places exactly. around here. What? what so, how about like powdered turmeric, something like totally that? Totally use powdered turmeric. I was okay. just going to say the price fluctuations um, make it a very hard commodity to come by all the time. Um, if you can get it fresh, if you can get it at a reasonable price, I will tell you that it tastes better. Just like, well, to be honest with you, I'm pretty sure I can go out on a limb here and say anything that is fresh right, and right. <laughs> probably tastes better than the dried pureed version. Um, but, but in terms of uh, purposefulness, absolutely go ahead. 
Um, what, and then depending on how, you know, what do I do? I add probably a little spoonful of unpasteurized honey to that. I like to add the honey in the cup after I'm done boiling it so that I'm not unpasteurizing the honey there. Um, and let's be real, Nick, if it's a Friday night and I'm living it up, I'm about to put a shot of vanilla in that. So, you know, enjoy it however you feel like it. If you want to, if you want to like really do it up, another amazing thing to do would be a little bit of cayenne would give you a great detox I, kick. If, yeah. I love cayenne and when I make my own chocolate, if it's hot chocolate, yeah, whatever it is, that combination to me is just like heaven it's on amazing. earth. Right? I don't know yeah. what it is, but I love the sweet and the heat. Yes, yes. So it's like you can definitely do it up there. Another one that's really amazing, I don't tolerate cacao very well, which is uh, the, the basis for chocolate, which is why I have like my non-chocolate hot chocolate. Right, right. Which is there. But if you do tolerate cacao, honestly, get your hands on 100% cacao, get your hands on some powder, mix it in with that, um, uh, mix it in with the coconut milk. Same deal. I like to do the honey afterwards. Um, you can also get another option there uh, that I really like because it's lower glycemic index is you can also get uh, some high quality evaporated coconut sap. And the way that I check for quality on coconut sap is you just want to flip over the container and check the mineral content of it. If it has minerals, you're looking for vitamin C, you're looking for iron and potassium will be present in unprocessed um, coconut nectar sap. The second it's processed, the second it's heated, those values go to zero. So quite frankly, if you're going to bake with it, buy the cheap stuff. You're putting it in the oven anyway, and you're still going to get the benefit of the 35 on the glycemic index. If you're going to be putting it in a drink, smoothie, or cold blending it, something like that, spend the extra dollars, get the ones with the mineral content. It's amazing for you. Very digestible, very op like super option. So that's, a, that's another great option too if you want to switch it up a little bit. A couple of add-ins for the hot chocolate that I love that are go-tos. The chili, absolutely. Another one that people uh, forget about but is amazing. Put some spearmint tea in there, my friends. You got a nice little mint hot chocolate. You and you go. got the detox effect of the mint as well. And that's a great holiday beverage, even for the kids. Um, another one that I love that really works well for me. You know, it's a little bit more out there in terms of the, the flavor Easters. you got to be an experimenter. But I love putting rosemary in my hot chocolate. It okay. makes a great type of savory twist and a little bit of salt. And it's really, really great. I really love it. So that's something, you know, if you're a little bit more uh, curious, you want to spread your wings a little bit, I would uh, try that Very one there. Nice. I like it. I like it. And that, that fat in combination with that little bit of sugar satiates you. It also gives you just a little bit of energy to go forwards. You're maintaining that liquidness of the, there's no solid food items there, right? So you're maintaining that that liquid. You're going to process that in your stomach really quickly. It's going to go into your bloodstream. Those are going to be usable molecules for your body overnight to run itself, do those repairs, make that maintenance that you want to see in the morning. It's a great tool for you to use in the evenings, especially if you get a little bit snacky. Um, that fat really helps you out. And by using the mixture of coconut cream and the water, you are able to say like, man, I could eat an elephant right now. We are definitely putting in a couple of scoops. Or maybe it's a lighter day where you're like, ah, I could just use a little something. I could use a little drink, whatever. You just put a little bit in. You can, that's, you know, you can make that choice based on how you're feeling at the time. Really a great way to, to manage your evenings as well. That was awesome. That was awesome. Now I'm, I'm ready to go make some of that tonight for sure. Uh, so, so dude, hang on, hang on. I got to yeah. stop you for one second, just for one second. So just before we started, I did a, I'm trying to see how you can see this without me spilling on my... <laughs> All right, so everybody at home, like if you're just listening. Yeah, yeah. So this is going to be a fresh pot of, and you can see the color is pretty something. 
but this is going to be a fresh pot of the turmeric and uh, ginger with the coconut milk. And I don't know how well you can see this. I'm just going to use my fork for my snack earlier here. But you can see the fat on the top. Yeah, like absolutely. Stir, you see, do you know what I mean? But let me just stir it for 10 seconds here. Not even 10 seconds, like five seconds. And then it just mixes it all It melts right in there, right? Absolutely. Like it's totally gone. And it's not, and it's nothing. Right. So if I leave for another 10 minutes, is it going to come back on the top? It is. Yeah. But just, you know, keep a spoon, a little bit of stir. And this was honestly like maybe four inches of turmeric root, a okay. fresh turmeric root. And you can see this color, right? And it looks very dark, very rich. like Very dark, very rich, very yeah. rich. And you can even like, I'm going to strain this and I'm going to keep it in the fridge for a couple of days so that I don't have to grate it every night. Cause it's, let's be real. I'm not that motivated. Right. Just save your time. <laughs> yeah. It makes sense. Just, right. just do it in batches. Absolutely. At a time. And then, uh, and then I go from there and it keep, it gets me that it, it, it's, it's a way of, uh, you know, two birds with one stone. I'm making it for the next couple of days. I choose it when I want it. When I don't feel like it, I don't have it, whatever. That's perfect. <laughs> Did you see my dog now? He's yeah, probably... so we see the puppy dog in the background here. Mine are upstairs. I hear him going crazy. Uh, all right. So one of the things we were talking about in there is is like just, okay, what good food means to you? And we were going to get back to that. But I do want to get back to you. Like I want to know what really your eating philosophy is then. Like uh, maybe for yourself or just kind of as a broad one that, okay, this is where most people are going to fall into and then making the changes that like their body needs specifically from there. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that, that really, um, I guess was like a, a shocker to me, um, was when this, when this health journey started for me, you know, I was asked to, to take a look at what I was eating. And I know this sounds crazy, but I thought I knew what I was eating. Like I thought I knew that I was eating some vegetables and I was having some breads and maybe, yeah, eggs sometimes and whatever. And I, and I thought I knew roughly what I was eating, but what I really cannot stress to you enough is that unless you are label reading, unless you are actually spending your time in the store investigating what you are ingesting, unfortunately at this point, I'm incredibly sorry to tell you that you are grossly misinformed about the things that are going into your body. Even as recently as a couple of years ago, the ingredient list on items have changed. You also need to understand that not every ingredient is what it says it is. Natural flavor is a listing of 500 possible additives that can be in your food under the heading of natural flavor. And they don't have to specify which ones. It can be any one of those. But you read it. The word natural suggests to you that it is not harmful. The word flavor suggests to you that it has something to do with spice. And those two words together create no alarm, and you move forward on the ingredient list. Uh, meanwhile, a lot of the time, it's preservatives, it's um, chemical flavoring, um, the word natural is unregulated, so it's not it's not something that means a whole lot to you. It, it means a lot to you in terms of the English language, but don't confuse that with regulated language. Um, the word organic is regulated language. When you say organic, it, it, it actually means something different depending on what you're talking about. When you're talking about produce and vegetables, we're talking about a situation of non-GMOs, uh, a situation of um, natural use pesticides, so what do we what do we mean by that? No, no chemical pesticides, or sometimes they're using other insects to regulate other insects on the on the uh, fruits and vegetables. That that type of situation. Uh, we're so we're also looking at a situation of no pesticides, no fertilizers there, uh, no GMOs. I think I said that, but I couldn't remember. Um, so, but what does organic mean when we move over to meat? I mean something else. 
it means uh, no, no hormones. This doesn't really apply to vegetables, obviously. Uh, I mean, maybe, but I really, that's not something. Uh, who I've knows so what far. they're doing out there <laughs> so, right now? Like you, you, no, you never know. Yeah. But uh, so we're looking at for animals, we're looking more of a situation of, of antibiotics and, and hormones. Um, now, so for me, for produce, what's the benchmark there? Organic. Now, am I always looking for certified organic? I'm not. Um, because sometimes I'm talking to a, a local farmer who's not large enough to get that certification. You know, and as long as you can touch base with those individuals, uh, you know what seeds they're using and you know what, what kind of sprays they're using, you're, you're good to go. You don't need that certification. Um, if you if you don't have the resources or you're traveling, like obviously if that's an easy way to tell what's going on with something. Um, but in general, so in general, I'm looking for certified organic for vegetables. The second I see that, I know we're good to go. Everything's fine. When I move over to meats, it's not so easy. The word organic does is not necessarily my benchmark for what's happening here. Um, am I looking for hormone-free, antibiotic-free? 100% of the time, I totally am. But I'm looking for a whole bunch of stuff that cannot be summed up in the word organic. I'm looking for pasture-raised. You can have organic that is not pasture-raised. Um, so, so what's the deal with pasture-raised? Why am I, why am I going to go through the trouble of finding these animals? Um, so this is this is a two-pronged answer here. And, and part of this answer also applies to fruits and vegetables there. So why pasture-raised? Am I choosing it for me? I'm choosing it for me because I'm. why am I eating these animals? For their nutrient capabilities. Why am I eating fish? Probably for omega-3, probably for some diversity in protein. Uh, when we have animals, there are particular types of animals that are okay to be domesticated. Cows, pigs, chickens. Um, there are other animals that are not favorably domesticated. Salmon. It raises their, or, or like wild game meat, uh, especially to large game. Uh, they don't like to be restricted. So what does that mean that they don't like to be restricted? Like, oh, what do we have? A sad moose? Big deal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, well, this is, so this is the, this is the deal. This is the deal. Is in the first place, I'm, I'm eating this food for my own repairability here, for my own body. So, so why does it matter to me if they're pasture raised? For animals that hold cortisol, that hold stress levels, when they are put in confinement, it changes the omega ratios within the animals. Just like in humans, when we see a cortisol response, when we see a stress response, we're going to see an increase in omega-6. This is the inflammation-causing omega fat. When we see these animals in their natural environments, in their natural habitats, doing natural things that they're supposed to be doing, they will occur natural stresses, predator-prey relationships. Uh, weather, resource confinement, they have these natural stresses, but these stresses are integrated into their lifestyle and it's not an unusual or chronic stress in their life. These animals have a higher omega-3 to omega-6 ratio. This means their fat ratios are anti-inflammatory. So for me, this pasture, this pasture rate's different. This is the difference between an animal who's going to cause me inflammation and this is a, the difference between an animal that's going to treat my inflammation. That's the difference. Me, this is one animal that is good to me, that is something that I'd like to eat, that's helpful to me. The other animal is something that I'm going to have to repair myself from, that I'm going to have to find other energy resources to deal with the waste products that this animal causes me. So for me, that's right there. That's will help me choose like no pasture raised. It's not good for me. So that's just for me. So then let's pretend that the world exists how it does, and it's actually also good for the animals, which incredibly it does. So if you look at any type of factory farming situation and and you understand pain and you understand life, you will most likely draw the conclusion that it is a unusually stressful environment 
that has a very high rate of disease due to a level of filth that we are not accustomed to seeing because of the amount of individuals in an overpopulated area. And that's not restricted to chickens or pigs or beef or whatever. Humans have that happen to us. When we have natural disasters and you know people are confined to areas, disease rates increase. Uh, and we and we see that. So this is not any sort of uh, profound type of uh, breaking situation here. This is direct logic in terms of environmental stimulus and the stress that it causes on individuals. So so those reasons there are why you need to to understand the difference, especially for meat between organic and pasture raised or or in the case of fish is the difference between a farmed organic because that can be referenced as organic farm fish. And then the other option to that would be wild. And the wild fish, the reason why it is more beneficial there is because you're going to have those elevated omega-3 levels, which is going to be, which is why we're, not to say, you know, not to say nobody can like salmon, because I do, you know, but why are we eating fish? You know, we are looking for that, that omega-3 bump in our diet uh, and that alternate protein source, right? So, so why, you know, if you're, if you're, that's what you're looking for, so that's, if that's why you're making the choice, you know, make that informed choice to make sure you get what you think you're getting. You know, I don't want to call anyone out. But just recently, I went to a major chain grocery store that will remain nameless, um, but like huge chain, huge chain. Okay. And Nick, I couldn't buy any fish. I couldn't really? buy any fish in the entire. And yes. And I was like, and at first I went in with an idea of the fish that I wanted. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, okay, it's not going to work out. So then I opened it up to seafood. And then I was like, you've got to be shitting me. Like there wasn't, nothing? there wasn't, there was nothing. There was not even one fish. And it was really like, it was, it was, to be honest with you, I don't shop at major chain grocery stores because I'm normally at the farm. I'm normally at organic and it's my business. So I have that advantage. So I I haven't been to one in a very long time, but I was completely floored because there wasn't a wild option. um, And I was usually at least like shrimp. Like there's almost always shrimp, like even frozen shrimp, shrimp, like. I can't, I was, I was even, I was like, okay, so it's not in the fresh counter, point me to the frozen. Yeah. I went through all the bags and I was like, really? Like it was just, it was a wake up call for me there. So I just got a, you know, that for me, like people, please know the difference. Please make sure, you know, especially it kills me to see people putting in the effort and, uh, and they're getting uh, swindled by some packaging. So just make sure that you're, you're looking yeah. for the key words, get that bang for your buck, make sure you're doing what you think you're doing. And uh, wild seafood, you know, wild game meats, um, organic pasture raised for the domesticated animals, and and you're good to go. Well, okay. So you said in there, okay, it's it's my business to do this. Like, hey, talk to yeah, us yeah. about what that is. Like, I I, I right, know what your right. business is. Share with everybody what you do. Why you're so passionate about food here? So so I'm all up in the food game. I run. So it's it's kind of crazy because what do I run on paper? A bakery and catering catering business. So how does that how does that come to somebody who loves food? You're like, well, any chef would love food. Oh, I totally agree with you there, a hundred percent. But I love food because it's gonna make me live longer. It is my livelihood. It's what I use to repair my body, and it's what keeps me well. That's how I love food. Uh, I love the taste of food as well, but that's not where I start. Uh, my love of food is really deeper than that and the way that I've seen it the way that it's healed me the way that I've seen it heal other people you know like the term magic gets thrown around a lot but I'd like to say it is it is a magical tool that you can really use in your life 
Um, so what do I do? I read bakery and catering. I mean, that seems a little far fresh from health. Like is a birthday cake going to save my life? You know, well, in my opinion, yes, you know, it can. And I think it should. And I think it, it does. Come on, I want to know how's the birthday cake going to save my life. You can't yeah, leave me hanging like on I, that. I just came to a place a little while ago. Like I always wanted a bakery. Um, I pursued sciences in school because I could and, and people tend to uh, academically, if you're, if you, if you do well, people tend to uh, lean towards giving you advice to follow that. And I am a very analytical person, so it does suit me. Um, but I've always loved to bake. I've always loved to cook. I come from a family uh, of chefs, so it, it, that's in my blood, I would say. It's my passion. And I didn't see how, you know, biology and cooking could meet. Um, and, and it's kind of, it's kind of funny at the intersect of my love of the kitchen, uh, sports and well-being became a business of cakes and muffins. So what ended up happening was, you know, uh, I'm sure as you, you live this lifestyle, uh, you know, that if you're going to embark on something where you're cooking for yourself three times a day, it's a huge undertaking. Um, also the fact that I chose to, to treat myself medically using the kitchen was, you know, basically the same undertaking again over itself. And um, and it basically just became a frustration that I, I thought I would be able to get these products, you know, outside of myself. But it turns out they weren't available. I had to make them. And I don't see it as being like these everyday products that we have, like muffins, cookies, cakes. They weren't always negatively associated. And they weren't always things that we look at the packaging now, or you or I would look at that packaging now and say, like, this is useless. You can't use these. These are not building blocks. This is not energy. This is like molecules that basically you're going to have to spend time and energy cleaning out. Well, how did that happen? That happened from a degradation of ingredients. You know, if you have quality ingredients going into a product, that product will be quality. It just follows logically. Um, So I just became passionate about putting back, you know, real ingredients in food and having the only ingredients in food be food items, you know, not not be other things like we don't actually need other things in food. Like it really is super cool if your mint chocolate chip cake comes in lightning green. You know, of course it is. But we can also like we can also make that happen by dehydrating some spinach in a dehydrator and putting it through a coffee grinder and adding that to the cake. Like the difference is, is that industrializable? Not really. Can I sell that for, you know, 50 cents on the dollar? Not really. Is that a whole food way of, you know, making a super wicked green birthday cake with vitamins and minerals for some kid who's going to rock it? Absolutely. And the only difference between those things is, you know, like I value time a little bit differently. I I value resources a little bit differently and I value commerce a little bit differently. So for me, when I'm, when I'm looking at my business, it matters to me the waste products that I have. It matters to me the nutritional content of my product. It just doesn't matter to me what the price line is at the end of the day. Um, are some of my products going to be more expensive because I'm real using real food items? Of course they are. And I would also encourage you to be suspicious of something that costs you under 10 cents if you're going to eat it. You know, if that came, if that was shipped from another country overseas, produced somewhere else, packaged, and it came to you, and somebody's selling it to you for that price, and they're making a profit, how much value can possibly be in that item? You know, and and furthermore to that. But you can't build a healthy body on $5 a day. It can't happen. It doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. It's, it's, and, and the thing is that it's like, it's fine. If you don't want to make that, if that's not your value system and you don't want to make that investment, totally cool. But if you're looking to shift your value system and you're saying, hey, you know what? My body is, is showing me signs of degradation. 
the first thing I would go to, the first thing I would tell you is give it better tools, give it better building blocks. And also when we talk about food here, like we're not talking about hunter or gatherer style eating. We've had grocery stores for a solid hundred years now. We have the, and we also have refrigeration, which doesn't seem like, you know, like these things, you really think about these things every day, but these things revolutionized eating for human beings. They revolutionized our choice of food and they revolutionized the pleasure that we can get from food. You can pick your food based on your mood. You can pick your food based on what you're feeling like today. And unfortunately, we have become to not only rely on food for sustenance, but also for pleasure, which is great. And it can provide that to us. But you also, as with any pleasure sources, you kind of have to keep keep notice of it. Make sure you know what's driving your choices. Are they pleasure driven? Are they not? So for me, my business was a way of you should be able to make a pleasure food associated choice, a cupcake. And it should be rocking all star with mineral content. It should be high in fat to help you absorb those minerals. Also to taper the release of the sugar into your bloodstream. And it should be delicious. Like that's all the things for me that it should be. The things that it should not be is it shouldn't ruin the environment. Me having a birthday cake shouldn't put pesticides into the water system. That just doesn't make any sense. And like a lot of the time, like these type these types of consequences, you know, it's not like on the cake box. It's not advertised. Uh, such and such a carbon footprint for this, you know, like obviously stuff would be a lot differently if you thought about that. But, you know, every time you're picking, you know, non-organic, you're saying it's okay for these things to be in our water system and not just for a, you know, a period of time. This is a compound issue that we're having over time, you know, and that, that to me is not something that can be excluded from my life choices, from my business choices, my business being something that represents my personal values. You know, it is, it is as somebody who lives on this earth, it is my, not only my, my choice, uh, my obligation is my responsibility to make choices that not only benefit me, myself, my current environment around myself as an individual preservation type mechanism, but also for future generations. It is my responsibility. I was handed this earth in a certain condition. It is my responsibility to either keep it that way or better and give it to the next generation. It is not for us. It is not ours. So for me, this is, this is, does, you know, does that seem a little far for a cupcake? Does it seem like I might be a little bit passionate about birthday cake? A lot of people would say that. A lot of people would say that. A lot of people would say that you shouldn't really get your back up about brownies, but that's not how I feel about it. I feel that these things, these choices, you know, these seem like little simple choices that I make here, but the choices that I make, you know, my brownies reflect uh, fair trade wages for people around the world. I, that's awesome, man. That helps me sleep at night. I know that doesn't affect everyone, but it affects me. So uh, for me, it's like, well, what is my business? I run a bakery and catering service. You know, what am I doing together? I believe that we could be saving the world. So I, you know, I'm really down for that. And, and that's another reason why I'm really into organic business, any organic business, clothing, juicing, lifestyle support, you know, podcast, communication, you know, all that kind of, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Deb, that was, that was awesome. That's a, that's a great way, uh, to kind of wrap everything up here is just showing that's what you are all about. Now, one more question before we go here. Uh, you just mentioned like podcasts and stuff like that. Who would you want to hear on this podcast? Who would you want to hear dive into topics like this as well? Man. So it's like, and what would you want to ask them? What, what would be the thing you'd want to hear them talk about? Okay, cool. So give me one second to just think about this. I don't know, like there's a lot of, the thing is that you can go, 
you can go a lot of places with this. A lot of a lot of stuff that really um, gets my mind going is is biophysics. People who deal with um, kind of the stuff that's happening because we're coming to a place of understanding biology where it's not even just the elements, it's not even just the the molecules, but how but how they all play out together, the environment that they're in, what's happening there. Um, I'm really excited to see what happens in terms of disease control moving forward from there. Something so who, that who talks about this? Who who do I got to get on here to to expand upon this? Do you know of anybody? Some names. Um, Let's go with one. Who do you really like? Who who's it going to be? This number one person to get on about biophysics and just diving into this. <laughs> well, listen. Unfortunately, the names that come to mind are I don't know if they're realistic for you. I mean, Stephen Hawking is a very interesting individual. <laughs> I, I've had some big ones uh, thrown out yeah. there. So I'm sorry to say that um, his parallel universe theory is absolutely amazing. Uh, so to give you, like, a, obviously Google it, but to give you a snippet, it's, it's the idea of, you know, um, infinite realities exist. Uh, basically every option is possible and does exist in the same plane of time and space. Anyway, yeah, you can look that up. All we right, don't have perfect, much perfect. time to go into the relationship between that. But, <laughs> but that and something else that also is... Um, is, is really interesting to me uh, moving forward is uh, energy medicine and also uh, something would be like the mind-body consequence of disease uh, and especially to I deal with a lot of people with uh, long-term chronic disease and um, I believe moving forward that we're no longer going to see a lot of separation between the physical ailments of disease and the, uh, and the mental ailments of disease and I think we are seeing more of these coming up. Um, people who deal with that kind of stuff would be like um, Louis Pay. Um, I'm just trying to think of some other some other people that are. Well, if if nobody's coming to your mind right now, yeah. send send me these names. We'll put them in the show okay. notes for everybody yeah. to check out. And okay. speaking of the show notes, though, uh, normally, like I said, ask everybody like, what's the one non-negotiable health habit they have? And Deborah and I were talking about this, and said she has something to share for everybody. But everybody's gonna have to go check out the show notes. Check out what everything everything that she has to share here. Uh, over the Bare Naked Health podcast. So, Deb, what is it that you have to share with everybody? Okay, guys. Well, listen. I try to color in the lines all the time. You know, we just can't. We just can't use that much personal control all the time. So, Nick has been nice enough to to let me have some flexibility here in what we talk about. And a huge something that's super huge to me is, you know, we spend all this time. We pick these amazing organic ingredients we go out we get these pasture raised cows that have been tickled and red to at night and everything's on the up and up you know uh but what is what's going on with our internal environment when we eat and how does that affect these molecules that we've taken this amazing time to go out and get and put together for ourselves and make perfect based on our current situation i'm going to dive into a quick exercise that you can use to maximize, like completely revolutionize the way that you are ingesting these molecules, how they're integrated into your body. It's just how you can just accelerate that bang for your buck. If you are living organic lifestyle, even if you're not living organic lifestyle, this is a way that just even eating the exact same food that you're eating today can totally change the way your body uses that food. And it's going to take under 15 minutes. Um, and you guys, you just have got to do it. So uh, Nick is going to give you the info on that. Yes. Check it out. I can't wait to hear. I can't wait to share it with you guys and for you guys to hear about it and, you know, use it in your everyday lives and let us know how you feel. So Deborah. I'll throw it back to Nick and he can uh, do what he needs to do. No, Deborah, and thank you for so, so much for that. Everybody, you're going to have to go check that out uh, because you have to be conscious when you're eating. You have to be aware of all these things. And 
bring that, letting your body heal. This is going to be the way to do it. Deborah's going to show you guys all that's on. But again, we're not going to do it here. You're going to have to go check it out so you can hear what she has to share over in the show notes. But Deborah, again, in closing, thank you so much for this. This was awesome. I love talking about food. Now I'm ready to go make myself some of this hot chocolate. Just snuggle up with that. And uh, thank you again. And you have a great day. Thank you so much, Nick. This has been awesome. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to go check on your brain health by going over to the barenakedhealthpodcast.com and taking the free brain quiz. By doing so, you can get a free copy of my book, The Four Morning Secrets to Perfect Brain Health, shipped to your door. Also, please head over to iTunes to give the Bare Naked Health Podcast a positive comment and a five-star rating. This really goes a long way in getting the word out and helping to share the podcast with others.